Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. So we wanted to really use this episode to kind of do an intensive analysis of all things Vogue. So first we walked through the entire interview and then we did the whole 73 questions. So all the little details that you may have missed and honestly just things that we wanted to talk about and we figured you guys would want to talk about also. So don't worry, we're going to talk all about True's first birthday and everything else Kardashian in the regular episode tomorrow. But this episode was really dedicated to just everything Vogue. So we hope you enjoy. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome to episode 10 of our Kardashian bonus show. So typically we've been using this show, at least partly, to recap Sunday night's episode. And we were fully planning on doing that. And then last night we went to watch and realized that there wasn't a new episode, which we actually were kind of liberated by because we've been dying to have an uninterrupted hour where we could just talk all things Kim's Vogue cover. Dying. Yeah. I mean, from 73 questions to the ins and outs of the interview and so many revelations that we found out. And there's just a lot to get into and we're really excited to do it. I'm fucking stoked. Yeah, no, we're stoked also. Initially, we were going to talk about this in the Kardashian recap of our regular show, which is tomorrow, obviously. But then we were like, the people that don't care as much as you guys care aren't going to care as much as, like, the little details that we want to talk about. Right. Like, Kanye's little responses in the 73 questions and things that only us care about. And we are so excited to get into it. (laughs) Okay. So, we're going to start. We're going to break this into two parts. We'll do the whole 73 questions analysis at the end. But first, I want to really talk through the interview because we found out so many different things. And, you know, I guess we should just start by saying it has been Kim's lifelong goal to be on the cover of Vogue. Yes. It's a very known thing. She's spoken about it publicly. Um, you know, she's spoken about how throughout her whole life, basically, since she started this rise to stardom, that people said, have a, have a little bit of a realistic goal. And Kanye was kind of one of her only supporters in getting her to this place. It's just interesting because in my head, I kind of didn't realize that this was a big deal because I had, just because of her, I thought she'd done it before. 
And in my head, I was like, you're right. This is her first solo cover because she did it for the wedding with Kanye. And that, I mean, that was a huge, huge deal. And I guess in my head, I was like, okay, she's done Vogue before. Like, I I didn't realize how big of a deal it was for her to be a solo cover of Vogue. Of U.S. Vogue, just to, to clarify. Yeah. 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 Um, and it was big. It was called The Awakening of Kim Kardashian West. And let me tell you something. I was awoken. Yeah, I fucking know, woke. I don't know about you. So I first want to start by— um, the author of the article, his name is Jonathan Van Meter, and he, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, and I really enjoyed the way that he wrote this. Oh, my God. It, it was beautifully. It was beautifully. beautifully written. You know, sometimes you read something and it kind of just flows. So it's like a, like a, I don't know, very, very calming to, to read. So what I loved is that he really started from the beginning, and he talked about walking into the house and the decor. And, you know, how the, the security was like Pentagon-style security and that there were a fleet of Matt Range Rovers outside with Yeezys against the wall, with strollers, car seats. Like, he he explained it kind of how we would all envision it. But I want to read um, – I'm just going to – throughout this, I'm going to preface by saying I'm going to definitely read excerpts, excer- excerpts because I think it's worth it. Yeah, you're going to have a lot of reading this episode. I know. <laughs> you know, all means fine. So he writes – the house itself is a cathedral of warm Belgian minimalism, designed by Axel Vervoort. Enormous is the coin of the realm here, everything designed on the scale of more. There's a staff kitchen where the family inevitably winds up spending most of their time together, and a show kitchen with an island as big as a dance floor and a breakfast nook that comfortably seats 20. Okay, hold on for one second. A breakfast nook that comfortably seats 20, which we saw in yeah. the video. And as, you know what's funny is, I, when I was watching the video the second time, and after I read the Vogue article, I was like... Yeah, that looks like it would sit 20, yeah. It, it, it was unbelievable. He talks about how, you know, everything is just so grand and how there is absolutely nothing on the counters, that it's all this very, like, beige plaster almost, and there's not a pan or a pot in sight, which I am— with three little kids in the house, how is that possible? Full-time stash. Do, do you think the second Connie puts a yes. water bottle down, there's someone that takes it yes. off because it's ruining, like, the vibe? Yes. You, and I think that's— it, it, that's exactly how Kanye wants it. And not just for the purpose of like, I want the house to be clean. It's for the purpose of, I want this house to be as minimalistic as possible. I want no clutter. I want nothing of that sort. So he's putting something down. The kids are putting something down. It's being taken away right away. Not just because like, this is dirty and I don't want it to look like that because it he wants the house to be clear. It really is crazy. I mean, we obviously saw it in the video, but I just think that, like, being able to see it and then being able to read about the way that this guy writes it was just amazing. Um, You know, he then keeps describing the house, and then he says, When I finally reach the other end, I bump into Kim, who's wearing a white terry cloth bathrobe and slippers, moisturized and glistening to a a fare-thee-well. Like, that's how I envision her, just glistening, right? hundred percent. He writes, after spending time with her over the next few days, I will come to think of Kim Kardashian West as a human spa because she remains calm and amenable, calm and amenable, even as chaos and disagreements swirl around her. Plus, she smells like your favorite $80 candle and speaks with a voice that is so soothing. It's like listening to water burbling over river rocks. You just feel safe around her, like everything is going to be okay. <laughs> that has to be my favorite description of Kim I've ever heard. Me too, because that's the, that's the Kim that we always feel like like comes through sometimes you know what I mean this uh, yeah because this article did such a good job of not just painting her in a good light but but like pushing through this idea of Kim that like everyone has this very preconceived notion of her of what she was like 15 years ago or 10 years ago when the show first started it's like First of all, who's the same as they were 10 years ago? Nobody and I think that this article did such an amazing job of pushing through like who she is now. And I think there are two types of people who um, have 
issues with the Kardashians. And one of those types of people is like very high fashion, like very stuck up people who have a hard time accepting that the Kardashians have now become this family that's like a mega like importance in the world of style and class and all of these things. And I think this article did an unbelievable job of painting her in a light that those types of people can finally accept. Right. Absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah, it was it. It's true. This was unlike any other interview she's ever done. I I got it. I didn't, I, I like what you said is true. And like, maybe we just sound unintelligent saying this. I don't think either of us fully understood the magnitude of what this meant for anyone, but specifically for her yeah. until we read this. And then, right. it, and then it started to make a hell of a lot more sense. Well, I think because the other side of it is that we also paint her in such a positive light ourselves that when she does have these accomplishments, it's kind of like a normal day because we're so used to like, oh, Kim did this, Kim did that, Kim did this. And it's like, it just seems like any other day. And when you take a step back and like recognize how important that is that she's on the cover of Vogue as a solo gun, that people her entire career were like have more realistic goals, then it's like, wow, this is a big deal. Yeah, no, totally. Obviously, the biggest thing that we learned was the whole law school thing, which, I mean, the lawyer thing, which we're going to get into, but I figured we'll do that at the end because there's so much. I want to go through the rest of the details first. Um, So one of the other parts of this interview was when she spoke about how Kanye kind of infamously came into her closet and restyled her. So she comes home one day, and literally there are Every single pair of her shoes are out of her closet except for like three. Right. And she's like crying basically because she's like, I I loved those, I loved that stuff. And he kind of said, you know, I we need you, we need a makeover here. And she was asked, you know, the writer asked if this was excessively controlling. And she said that no, based on the response that she got, because he was clearly right. The thing that I want to break down about that sentence is whether or not he was right, like, and clearly he was. I mean, I think her evolution, her style evolution is unbelievable since he came involved. I'm not downplaying that. But that's such a mature thing to say, almost because to judge whether or not he was controlling based on the response is like such an unfair way to do it. Do you understand what I'm saying? I understand what you're saying. And I think she didn't word it in the way she meant to. And the way I I believe she sees it and the way I would see it is that it was excessively controlling, I will say, but his intention wasn't that. Completely. He, and, and that is something with her that she'll always say, no matter what Kanye does, she says his intention's in the right place. And I think she knew that about her, and knew that about him. And I think she especially knew it in this situation where it's, I want to help you. I want to do what's best for you. And I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't care. And I'll tell you one thing, 100,000%, that if he never came into her closet, he never came into her life and helped with her style, she would not be on the cover of Vogue right now. No, I mean, I. it's a hot take, and I can imagine a lot of people um, responding negatively to that, but I kind of think you're right. And she, I mean, she said it, so it's not like we're it's, saying anything a, she wouldn't it's say. It's a world of fashion that she, she didn't know about, and maybe she would have gotten there on her own, but he kind of threw her in and introduced her to all of these names and all of these people that she just didn't know about and didn't have enough to— like in order to be on the cover of Vogue, in order to be in that world, you have to have a certain level of education about that world. And she didn't have it. And he, I'm not saying her career and everything she has of is because not. of him. Obviously not. But you're speaking solely. Okay, so let's clarify what element. you're saying solely from a style perspective. Yes, I I agree with you. And she's the first one to say it. She said in the interview that they sit in bed at, in a night and she runs everything by him. And it's not because he, I think it's a really common misconception that people think that he has to have approval on her outfits. No, she wants that. She knows that his 
input and his style is what enhanced her. I mean, truly, it enhanced the whole family. You can see the way their style changes, and maybe it was just with the times, and and nobody had good style in the early 2000s, not a single person. But you can see the way the whole family starts to change their style once Kanye comes into the picture. That's that's what he loves. Like, he loves music. He's an artist, but fashion is in the entire other part of him. No, totally. I mean, she spoke about how she was, I think, like going to a basketball game or something and, and the response was just unbelievable. Like that's when it clicked for her. And it, it is really interesting because I can tell you reading, the, if you know no context of this and you just read that, you're like, holy fuck, this guy's off his rocker. Because to me, it's like, like you know, on one hand, I'm like, wait a second. If my husband wants to come and take everything out of my closet, it's like, get the fuck out of here. These are my clothes. Right. That being said, you have to put into context who she is and her position. And she wants to be seen in the most favorable light when it comes to fashion. That makes that enhances her career. It would kind of be like if you were like a wine drinker, but didn't know any like exclusive wines or vintage wines or anything like that. And you were just drinking like normal wine and somebody and your husband came in and was like, throw all of this wine out. It's disgusting. Let me introduce you to the good stuff. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you're taking away something that like I knew and loved, but to make it better. Yeah. No, no, no. I listen. It's, it's an interesting thing. I think we can all agree and her, obviously her. <laughs> him the most that it was productive but it is eh, no I, I, I understand it's a slippery it can be a slope. little t- exactly it's a slippery I, I, slope. I remember watching the episode and being like all right this is a little off looking back on it I get it but in the in the moment I was like this is this is a lot I think also like this is totally just this is me being incredibly not objective and I recognize that I'm this is me using like my own personal lens is that I think in terms of like my life and my parents right and like our dads know absolutely nothing about fashion. And I could imagine if my dad ever said anything to my mom, she would be like, what the fuck? But think about it on the reverse. If your mom walked into your dad's closet and threw everything out, you wouldn't even think twice Ex- about it. Exactly. That's what I'm, you know, that's the point that I was going to make. You're, it's very, very true. It's a very interesting and it's very true. And I think that to, it's not fair for any of us to just look at that and immediately judge it without thinking bigger. And you, listen, you're, you've been the biggest advocate of that. Obviously, you know, you go so hard for Kanye and I, and I, I agree with you. Um, so that was interesting. Also, this was a point that I know if you, those of you who read it are were interested in this. So someone from the crew, he writes, someone from the crew mentioned that the very handsome young John, uh, I don't know how to say his name, Bouvier Kennedy Schlossberg, son of Caroline Kennedy, reportedly has a crush on her half-sister Kendall. And Kim's eyes twinkle at the prospect of colluding over some d- d- dynastic matchmaking. This prompts a story about her trip to the Oval Office last year to discuss prison reform with Donald Trump. I bought Jackie Kennedy Onassis's watch at auction, she says. I wore it when I went to the White House. It gave me some power. Let's get in there and get this done. Okay, first off, if Kendall marries a Kennedy, I'm no, quitting. No, I fucking lose it. I'm, I'm out. I am out. By the way, and I don't know if you know this about me to the extent, like, I have an obsession with the Kennedys. Like, but, No, but, like, like I knew when that watch was sold and didn't know it was Kim because the, the person who won it in the auction stayed anonymous until Kim said it in an episode. Like, I... I love. I did not know that. Yeah, I love that she has that watch. It's special. But wait, can we just talk for a second about? Kendall? Yeah, no, it would be the fucking craziest thing. The in craziest the thing world. ever. But like at this point, I wouldn't even be the slightest bit surprised. Would you? No, it would. I mean, truly, it makes sense. I think that what Kim, you know, like Kim marrying Kanye and Kylie being with Travis, I feel like they all individually want their siblings to be with someone that's on their level. Like yes. I, w- I don't. I think nothing would make him happier than if Courtney came home with like, and I'm not saying some random NBA player. I'm saying some like, like a Michael Jordan type. Do you know what I mean? Like a right, legend. Like a powerhouse. I think that she wants all of them to be one half of a 
power couple. Think about, though, the, the parallels that you could draw, and, and a lot of people would disagree, but the parallels you can draw between the Kennedys and the, and the Kardashians just based on the way that, like, they are viewed in the public eye. Listen, yes, again, another hot take that I think people would— No, 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 I agree. I fully agree with you. I'm just saying people could say, like, what you're going to call right, the presidential. Right, like, I'm not, I'm not saying in terms of, like, I don't mean it in terms of their values or what they've done for America. I just mean in the way they are viewed and the fascination that America has with those two families, there's a lot of parallels that can be drawn. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so that was an interesting point. So I think that, you know— the whole point about her becoming a lawyer um, was, like, this shocked the nation. Right. Did, right? I don't have any other words to say it. This wasn't like a—this wasn't anything that we could have ever expected to come out of this interview. And I'll tell you what it is. It's because Kim helping with prison reform is one thing. There are plenty— Plenty of celebrities who use their platform and use it for good. And and not to discount those, but how many people do you see that not only use their platform for good, donate their time, their money, whatever, but then go in at the, like, as bottom of a level as you can get, which is going back to learn it to, in order to implement change. Like, it's unheard of. It really is. The only person that, like, I can compare it to in terms of action being put in is, like, LeBron building the school. Or, like, um, Ashton Kutcher with his human trafficking thing where he saved, which is, like, one of the most underrated things in the entire world. It is world. so underrated. Thousands of kids because he's helping with this technology. And it's, like, that is what's so unbelievable for somebody like Kim Kardashian to not just say, okay, I'm going to do this and help because I have lawyers that can do it. Or I can do this because I have— X millions of followers. But to go in and say, I'm going to do literally devote 18 hours a week to this when— I mean, think about anybody with less time in the day. There's, She has no time in the day. And for her to say, I care about this so much that I'm going to literally study and take the bar exam. No, it's insane. I want to I wanna um, backtrack for a second and kind of like explain. We're going to explain all of it and really get into it. But something that really um, struck me was when he was writing about it, he write the author. This is how he introed the whole legal thing. He writes, as, was most, as with most things to do with the Kardashians, you've doubtlessly absorbed the news, whether you wanted to or not, that Kim played a role in the release last summer of Alice Marie Johnson, a 63-year-old woman who'd been in an Alabama prison on a nonviolent drug, drug charge since 1996 and whose case Kim had learned about through social media. The point of that that I wanted to touch on was when he says, as with most things to do with Kardashians, you've doubtless, doubtlessly absorbed whether you wanted to or not. I swear to God, when I read that, I almost wished that it was printed out so that I could highlight it because I wanted to read it over and over again. That was the best. That was the best line about Kardashian news that I have heard in such a right. long time. The way that he summed it up exactly: whether or not you give a shit, you have absorbed it because is it is it is physically impossible to live in 2019 and have any sort of access to social media or know anything about pop culture and not know major Kardashian events. Right. Whether you fucking hate them and want nothing to do with them, somehow it enters your brain space. And the way that he said that was so perfect. It's like literally osmosis. It's osmosis. That's the reason that you could go to a fucking nursing home and someone's grandma you're gonna say Kim Kardashian's oh she's going she's gonna be a lawyer right and that was the craziest thing about Alice Johnson is because she was in prison she didn't know who Kim Kardashian was helping her out the 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 irony of that is insane because on on the outside 
the public was going fucking wild when right. that happened. Right, and somebody had to explain it to her, and, and it took her a little while to realize the magnitude of what was happening. It, 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 it absolutely, it was insane. Um, there's so much. There's so much to get into here, and so much to say. I wanna. I wanna make sure that we're kind of doing as well. So, first off, just to clarify, she's not going back to law school. So her goal is that she started a four-year. Last summer, she started a four-year law apprenticeship with the goal to take the bar in uh, 2022. So, just to clarify, what this means is that in certain states, I believe it's there are four. It's California, Virginia, Washington, and Vermont. Yeah, um, in those four states, we believe. There's a specific loophole. Do you want to explain it? Because I'm not as yeah, clear. Yeah, it's, it's not as much a loophole. It's just um, it, it, it's a way to become a lawyer without having to go to law school or even having to go to – Kim didn't even go to college when you think about it. So what it entails is you have to study and do an apprenticeship, and it's 18 hours a week. And it, at some point, I believe after a year, which is where Kim is now, you have to take what's – called the baby bar. So it's a a shorter, smaller version of the bar exam. And if you pass that, then you're allowed to continue your studies and take the real bar exam. And once you do, you are able to become a a lawyer. That's it. It's those four states where you're allowed to do that. And and any other state, I believe, I'm sure other states have um, systems similar or, or other ways besides going to law school. But I, I don't think that's as common. Most right. people, you go to law school and you, you know, you do the whole thing. You go, you're in, you're in school and then you do the LSAT and then you go to, it's like, and I saw a lot of discussion online about like this being a point of privilege and it's not. It's not like they made these rules for Kim Kardashian so that she could be able to become a lawyer. No, anybody in these states, if they follow that track, can do this. Yeah. I mean, listen, of course, does it does she get to fly out to San Francisco on on a private jet? Yes, to, to at the law firm that she's that she's uh practicing at. Does she have people come over and teach her? Yeah, but you know what? That's not be that's she's using her privilege and 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 the things that she has access to to be able to gain that goal. I don't think it's fair for people to say that this is she's such a cop out. I mean, I can understand. Here's the thing. Then the, the flip side of that is like people would say, well, put yourself in a lawyer's shoes who went to undergrad for four years, fucking worked hard to take the LSATs, went to law school. Absolutely. But if they're a really good lawyer, they also can recognize that you have to lose your, use the law on your side. Well, the, the fact of the matter is that I, I the only way I could understand that argument is if they made this special for Kim and she was the first person to ever take this. No, this is a law that was in effect that Kim was able to take advantage of because somebody told her was like, listen, you're very bright and you care about this a lot here is something that you can do if you're, if you're interested and you're up to putting in the work that will help you. It's not like they were like, okay, let's call this bar exam and this, like the the lawyers and we'll see if we can put something together for you to be able to. It wasn't like Chris arranged it, for example, right. is what you're saying. Anybody in these four states can, can technically arrange for this to happen. Exactly. So the reason that she kind of decided she wanted to do this, not the reason that she got in, in, uh, interested in, in criminal justice reform, but the reason she decided she wanted to take it more seriously is because she's talking about how she was in the White House and she's sitting in the Roosevelt Room with, this, with these judges and these really important people and she's like, I don't know enough. Like, I can't, I can't help in the way that I want to because I physically don't know enough. And that's when she realized that she had to kind of take a stand on it. And Van Jones, who I'm sure you guys know, he's a CNN commentator, and he's an activist, and he's a co-founder of Cut50, which is um, a national bipartisan advocacy group on criminal justice reform. He, so he was really um, integral in her process. Because like she said, you know, she's like, listen, I could never do this alone. I need a giant collection of people. And he says, and I, I love quote, this quote. This, I, I love, love this, quote. this quote. So, so uh, Van says, 
Kim Kardashian wound up playing this indispensable role. I was in the Oval Office with Kim and Ivanka and Jared and the president, and I watched with my own eyes Trump confess to having tremendous fears of letting somebody out of prison and that person going and doing something terrible and the impact that that would have on his political prospects. He was visibly nervous about it. And I watched Kim Kardashian unleash the most effective, emotionally intelligent intervention that I've ever seen in American politics. Which, holy shit. I have to continue reading one more line. He says, um, he says, this may sound, he goes, consider the target. Perhaps an emotionally intelligent intervention could have been staged only by a bigger reality star than the man in the Oval Office. That's what the author writes. And then Van says, Kim understood that he needs to be seen as taking on the system. And she helped him to see that there are people who the system was against and that his job was to go and help them. Van continues and says, and it was remarkable. So for people who have fallen for this media caricature of the party girl from 10 years ago who hangs out with Paris Hilton, this is the daughter of an accomplished attorney and the mother of three black kids who is using her full power to make a difference on a tough issue and is shockingly good at it. I fucking, I can't. I wish you guys could see our faces. That is one of the most powerful things I've ever read, period. Because when he says consider, when the author writes consider the target, exactly. Here we have Donald Trump what they said is so true. They needed someone that could talk to him in the way that only she could. Right. It's so interesting. It was like a perfect storm. Yeah. Right? It's, no, I mean, it, it's truly unbelievable. And, you know, as 2019 as it is, at least this is accomplishing something great. No, it it, it really is. Um, I think, you know, Van sticking up for, he got a lot of, he really did get a lot of um, criticism because he was like, people have been working at this for so long. Kim Kardashian's going to come in and all of a sudden she looks like the unsung hero. And he's like, listen, I'm not downplaying anyone else's work. And it took a lot to get us here in the first place. He's like, but I was in the room. I saw it with my own two eyes. Like, you can't make this shit up, basically. Right. And it's, that's the thing that I, I think that I feel so passionately about when I read this. And I, I hope other people can get it from this is that like, it's not like Kim woke up one day and was just like, let's play around with this and see what I can do. Like, this is something she feels so incredibly passionate about. And if she was a not reality star, and let's say she was just the daughter of Robert Kardashian, who was one of the most famous lawyers of all time, like part of the the literal dream team, OJ's defense. Yeah. If she, if no one knew her from reality and she woke up, or, or and not woke up, but if she one day decided she was going to get very involved in this, no one would think twice. No one would think, okay, how, why does she get to be the unsung hero of this just because she was, she accomplished something. Like, that shouldn't be diminished. And if, if everyone's fighting for the same common goal, who, honestly, who gives who a shit if it gets how, done? Right. It got done. That's the point. Because you want to know someone who doesn't care? Alice. Right. <laughs> Alice doesn't give a shit if it, who got her out, she is out and she's now with her family. Do you know right. what I'm saying? It's- of course. It doesn't matter. And it's like, if you're going to be so petty as to care that Kim Kardashian is getting credit for, you know, this fight, I understand. I understand why you'd be frustrated that, quote, a reality star came in and all of a sudden is getting this credit. But she's working hard. And if your goal is what you say it is, and that is getting people out of prison and being treated fairly across the criminal justice system, then who cares how it's done as long as it's done? I completely agree with you. One thing that I think is two, I have two things, which is one, why I like did not find the, I mean, I thought that the memes about her, you know, on Reese Witherspoon's, her face on Reese Witherspoon's body was, was obviously funny, but I didn't, it, it was like, t- what it, unimportant, irrelevant. But I'll tell you one thing I will say about that, because I thought about this a lot. If you're using Legally Blonde as a joke for Kim Kardashian, then you miss the entire point of the movie. Exactly. The the point of the movie is exactly what Kim is doing. Exactly. 
of an underdog comes in, is not taken seriously at all, on her privilege, all of that, and then ends up right. Re- and also, just because waves. just because you're a woman who cares about your looks and and other aspects doesn't mean that you also can't have a brain and do all of these things. And I think that is is being really forgotten about here. And and that is the whole point of Legally Blonde. That movie wasn't just like a cute movie that we all loved. It's like it it had a message and. Well, that goes into the whole thing, which we're not going to get into right now, of like, well, what is the societal view of what a, quote, lawyer is? You know what I mean? That's a guy right. in a suit. So, like, an incredibly hot woman that posts naked pictures of herself online just doesn't suffice. Like, I, I'm confused there. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that's that's the interesting thing. I want to touch on another thing, though. So, you know, it, okay, her being um, Rob, Robert Kardashian's daughter came People use that as an advantage and as a disadvantage. And what I mean is some people were saying, listen, she's the daughter of one of the most famous lawyers of all time. Of course she's going to have this in her. And then the other side was like, just because she's his just because she's his daughter, what does that mean? Here's my take on it. I think her being his daughter does not add at all to her skill. That's like saying, my dad's an amazing surgeon. Like, why can't I be? I think that, that has nothing to do with it. What I will say, though, because she touched on it in the interview, is that it definitely contributed to her interest. She talks about, in the interview, her dad having this hidden closet room where he kept all of the OJ evidence and all of the information and that she would go in and snoop through all of it. That line was so interesting to me because that's finally when I was like, okay, that is the part of it where I can understand why her being Robert Kardashian's daughter plays into this. Anything else, to me, that wasn't that wasn't part of the argument. I would never, if I was trying to convince someone why she should be able to do this, I would never lead with, look at her father, because that's ridiculous. Look at half of our dads that do shit that we would have no idea, or our moms. First of all, you you cannot even fathom what I would do to be in that room. Oh, my God. To be in the in OJ evidence room, oh, my God, I can't. But going back to what you said, yeah, it's a great point, and— the thing is, yeah, it doesn't contribute to her skill set, but I will say that there are certain aspects of being a lawyer that I would say are definitely in your DNA that you get passed out. It's that the ability to stay calm when you're arguing, the ability to think clearly and rationally and focus on details is something that's definitely passed on. So, yeah, it doesn't matter just because her dad is was a great lawyer doesn't necessarily make her a lawyer. For example, no, I don't think Kylie would make a great lawyer, obviously. Or, like, that's not what I meant. I don't think Kylie would make a great runner just because her dad was an Olympic star. I don't think Chloe would make a good lawyer just because her dad was Robert or possibly OJ. (laughs) But in this case, I think that there's a lot of qualities in Kim that she got from her father that are going to contribute to her ability to do this. You're right. You're right. I was speaking more so. No, no. And I agree with you. It's, It's kind of a mix that like when you're it's, it's kind of like having a predisposition to something and then something else brings it out. So, like, you can have all these skills, but if you're not around it your whole life, then maybe they just go uncovered. Yeah. But because she's been around it and absorbed it and, and the OJ case and her being curious about the evidence and being spoken about it, I think it brought those skill that skill set out, and that's what the most important part is that her dad is. Yeah, Robert. I mean, even, even um, Courtney and Chloe were saying how, like— Kim does the best with Chris because she can speak rashly and calmly and knows exactly what they want to hear, whereas they they can kind of emotion can play into it more with Chris. Whereas like Kim has the ability to kind of manage she's a better. child. Yeah. And, and because she's just so she's also a Libra, as we know, and she's incredibly clear headed. And I don't know. What I got out of this whole interview was like, say whatever the fuck you want about her. She's not stupid. This, no. this woman is not stupid. She's highly intelligent. Which we've come a long way from that one line in the first season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians where Kim said something to Chloe or Courtney, I can't remember which one, and, and they came back and was like, 
you know, you're the like the rated number one most stupid person online. Yeah. Like that. Like we've come such a long way, oh and that's God. the whole point. Is like, how are you not able to see? You you can't tell me that anyone you know is the exact same person they were ten years no, ago. You of just can't. Not. It's impossible. We just wanted to take a second to tell you guys about OpenFit. So as we all know, getting fit and staying healthy always sounds easier than done. And OpenFit is bringing you something new that makes it even easier to never miss a sweat session. You can lose the commute to the gym and let the workouts come to you. Oh my God, I, I always say this, but convenience is key when it comes to working out. It is so much easier to stay motivated and to stay on top of it when it's not such a production to be able to do so. So OpenFit kind of takes out all of the complexity of losing weight and getting fit. It's a brand new, super simple streaming service that allows you to work out from the comfort of your living room in as little as 10 minutes a day. Um, a couple of benefits that I want to tell you guys about. So one, they have amazing trainers and classes. So, so the classes are led by some of the most effective and engaging trainers in the world. You can sculpt your body with Andrea Rogers, who's the founder of the Worldwide Sensation Extend Bar, which is amazing, by the way, side note. Um, or you can get in crazy good shape with Hunter McIntyre, named by Sports Illustrated as one of the top, fit, top 50 fittest athletes. These trainers really know how to get you results and how to get you them quick, and they are experienced to know what they do. Um also, it's super simple. So there's no stress and complexity around getting fit. You literally press play. The workout's on your schedule. You can do 600 seconds with celebrity trainer Devin Wiggins, for example. Um, whatever you want to do, it's just it's a super easy and effective way to do it. Also, I think that having access anywhere and anytime is amazing, Like especially if you're traveling a lot. You can do it on your computer, your web-enabled TV, tablet, smartphone, Roku, wherever you are, you can do it. And I think that that's amazing because the bottom line is then you don't have an excuse, right? It's like, it doesn't matter if there's no gym, you have this ability. Um, you know, they, they say you can lose up to 15 pounds in just the first 30 days, flatten your abs, shape your body and look and feel great, which we all want to feel good because a lot of times when we, when we look good, we feel good. Um, again, so right now during the open fit 30 day challenge, our listeners get a special extended 30 day free trial membership to open fit where you can lose up to 15 pounds in 30 days when you text comments to 30, 30, 30. Again, you text comments to 30, 30, 30. Um, you just use our code comments and you can start using OpenFit for your journey to a healthier life. So you're going to get full access to OpenFit, all of the workouts and nutrition information, totally free. Again, you just text comments to 303030. Um, standard message and data rates may apply, but definitely try it out and see what you think. And again, it's, it's super easy, effective way to do it. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Now back to the show. 
Okay, so we're going to move on to the 73 questions, but just a couple other notes from the interview. One, he talks about how, pre, you know, he's, the author talks about how he sent Kanye lists of questions and that he, he's like, he responded in very uh, blunt form and I have them pulled up. So he, he asks, were you surprised by her decision to work on the issue of criminal justice reform? <laughs> he writes, she's always had a dinner. Do you think Kim is misunderstood? And if so, what don't people get about her? Kanye writes, what is there not to get about? What is there not to get about her? She's Kim Kardashian West. She's exactly who she is. What's it like to be part of the Kardashian clan? It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, riveting responses. I but- love him so much because yeah, those responses are literally like you couldn't have put like a little bit more effort. But in his head, in his head, or like, it's like, why do I need to explain myself? Like, why do I need to explain her? It's so like, clear. It's so clear. To him, it's like, how could anybody not think that Kim Kardashian was capable of this? Yeah. It's like, why do I have to dignify that with a response? Exactly. Kind of? oh, I love that line. Um, also, the other thing is, one other Kanye you note know, before we transition into the 73 questions we're, is— We're all we'll do is talk about Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> when he—she he, uh, spoke about how Kanye receiving conflicting diagnoses with his bipolar disorder, but that he's currently accepting the diagnosis, the diagnosis and uh, how she said that medication is not an option for him because it totally changes who he is, so that now they kind of can feel when episodes are coming on, and they know how to handle it, and talking about how— Traveling really sets him off, so he's definitely slowed down on the traveling. Um, but other than that, you know, she said, she's like, I had to, because they were talking about, like, when he had the Make America Great Again hat on, and she was like, you know, I had to kind of just stop caring about what other people were saying because it gave her, she's like, it gave me too much anxiety, and it was really starting to affect their marriage negatively. So she had to kind of be like, listen, this is him. This is who he is, and I know that his intentions are in the right place. Um, you know, and it, she, I think that, People forget the fact that when having bipolar disorder, like, and not being medicated is, that's a conscious decision to, to yes. do that. And that takes a lot. And just what goes into that, I think she kind of outlined this here. It's, it, there, it has to be really thought through. Right. And a lot of people, when it first came out that he said that medication wasn't, op- wasn't an option for him, were, were really upset by this. And I think it's a really, like— it's a it's a really polarizing issue, not to like be too punny here, but um, <laughs> it, it is because on one hand, it was like when that came out, I saw a lot of things online and people were like, when when you do that and you come out and say that being medicated isn't an option for me, then other people think that, okay, it's not an option for me anymore and then they don't get the help they need. On the other hand, it was like, this is how mental illness is and the way you choose to live with it is your is your choice. And, bo- and both of those arguments, I think, have a lot of validity to them. So I think it's really interesting for somebody to deal with this mental illness so in the public light and ex- not just say that they have it, but to then explain, you know, this is what I'm doing about it. This is the way I feel about the medication. This is the way I feel about what triggers it and what happens. And I think it is so, so interesting. No, it is. And to hear her kind of like, yeah, they're Kim and they're Connie, but they're also— a mom and dad and they're a regular husband and wife. And, and I'll tell you, Kim has, and she speaks about this all the time and I speak all the time, that she has an uncanny ability to like focus solely on intention rather than action, which I don't think a lot of people could do. And I think that her ability to do that saved their marriage. I, did I not say this in an episode last week? I was like, I want, I I try to judge people based on their intention because I so wish that everybody would judge us on, like how, how great would that be if we could be judged right, solely on ours? Right, and it's hard because it's like, because the, the, it, yes, but then at certain points, it's like people do something. It's like, okay, sometimes intention just not enough. It's just not like, enough. I know. But to ha- continually, time and time again with him, to do that, no matter how detrimental it is to her, it just, I, I don't know. I mean, some could say she blindly supports him, but then the other, it's like, it's her husband. So, of course, she supports right. him to the death. It doesn't mean they don't disagree. They definitely do. Yeah. 
but she is definitely going to support him. Um, those were kind of the main points from the actual article. Is there anything else you wanted you felt like we missed? I know we're, this is like a little bit more of an intense episode than usual. No, we just I'm are, so happy. We're just so passionate about it, and we really wanted to talk I about it. I feel like being able to talk about it was like, not like a weight was lifted off my shoulder, but I feel like... Um, Free to Like, satisfied. Yes. Like, that I was able to, like, get my feelings out about it because I just had so many. And, like, I, I don't think it's often that we get to speak about them, not just from a point of positivity, just from a point of, like, genuine intelligence and genuinely doing good and the right thing. And I think it's so important. I completely agree. I guess you could say that this was kind of like therapy, which is an amazing segue into our ad. <laughs> oh, my God. I love the way you did that. Thank you. So I'm here to talk to you guys about Talkspace. Um you know, I have spoken so freely and so openly uh, always on this podcast about the benefits of therapy. And um, this is just another way to do it. So I'm going to tell you about it. So here's the thing. Talkspace is therapy for how we live today, meaning that it's mobile. It's available when you need it. Um, and it's affordable because life can be stressful between work, family, and everything in between. And it's not always easy to find time for yourself. So this is an online therapy system. I'm going to explain it to you, but just, I, I always say to Julia, I would do anything for her to be in therapy. And I feel like maybe I have a chance with this one because it's not I an would actual do it from person. A computer, yeah. <laughs> so Talkspace Online Therapy uh, makes taking care of your mental health more affordable and convenient than ever before. So basically you just provide your preferences for therapy and Talkspace will match with one of their 4,000 therapists the very same day. You can send your therapist unlimited text, audio, picture, or video messages from anywhere at any time. The whole idea is that like, no matter what you're going through, you're not alone. There's more than a million people doing this who feel definitely happier with Talkspace. I think that people really struggle um, with finding the right therapist because it can be stressful. And I think that you know, with, with Talkspace's whole thing is that it doesn't have to be, that they have this matching process that takes your unique preferences into account to find someone whose style and expertise match your needs. So if you want to switch therapists, you can at any time with no extra cost, but they really do spend time trying to match you with that person. I know it's very convenient. It's easy to use. Um, it's like you don't have to wait for your next appointment to talk about what's on your mind, which any of you guys who go to real therapy like myself, it's, it is kind of frustrating. You have these set appointments, but sometimes your appointment's on a Thursday and it's a Monday and you're just like, holy shit, I need to talk to someone. And this, that's why this comes in and it's so, so beneficial. Um, like I said, you can send unlimited messages to your dedicated therapist from the privacy of your device any time of the day. Um, you can also always schedule a live video session because some people really do that, really thrive in that. And I think also the fact that it's it's affordable. So it's one month of therapy on the Talkspace platform costs about the same amount as a single face-to-face -face session. And best of all, you'll never have to wait a week to share what's on your mind, which again, for those of you that do in-person therapy, I think the waiting is really detrimental. Sometimes you forget you know, how you were feeling a week previously. Um, so again, Talkspace is more than 4,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing the challenges we all face. To match with your perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com. Make sure to use the code CELEBS to get $45 off your first month and show your support for us. <laughs> That's CELEBS and Talkspace.com. Again, I tell you all the time, I think everybody should be in therapy or getting some sort of therapy. Mental health counseling is so important. And just don't not give it where you try it because it can be incredibly beneficial. Um, let us move on now to the 73 questions part of the show, which <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah, I This mean, is a little lighter. This is like, that was amazing and we needed to get it out, but this is a little more lighter. We can have a little more fun yeah, with it. Thank God. Um, first of all, so I, mean, I know you guys, I'm not even going to pretend like anybody listening hasn't watched this because I know you have, it's literally six minutes. Yeah, also, if you haven't, pause it right now and go yeah, watch yeah, just it. Just pause it and go watch. You're going to enjoy it. Um, the first is that it obviously starts yeah, How many with, minutes did you think it was? Six? How long it's was 11. it? 11. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> Which is like, it's not like a 30 minute difference, but well, like. that's how good it was. I thought that's it, how good it was. Yeah. It flew by. That's what Time I mean. Time flies when you have fun. Yeah. So Kanye, op- the funniest thing is that Kanye opens the door and the guy's like, I'm here to ask us how many questions. And he's like, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> did you have the initial reaction that I did? Which was? It was like, oh, maybe he'll do a 73 questions. Oh, could you, you would have dropped it on the spot. That's what I thought. I was like, he seems open to it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he would. Who knows? Um, and then obviously Kim comes in. She's like, babe, it's my time to shine. Whatever. So, the, of course, the coolest thing about this is, yes, it was cool to see, you know, Kim. It, these were these questions were interesting. But bottom line is we want to see the fucking house. Yeah. I was like, I almost would have watched it on mute. I just wanted to walk through the house. Yep. So we walk in. It was, the whole thing was insane. I mean, even the guy was losing his mind. I, there's no house like that. It, no, there's it, no there's house like no it. There's no house. It is so stunning and so minimalist and so just beautiful. It is. They walk into. It's almost like you don't believe it's real. I've I've never. I've seen a lot of nice houses in my day, but no I've one never has seen a house anything like that. Because like it's not even. Take about the fact of how big it is, how expensive it is, how fucking bare it is. It's yet art. so rich. It's bare yet so rich. It's this very interesting like juxtaposition kind of. That's your favorite word. I know. <laughs> I do use it a lot. Um, okay, so the funniest thing is that they record most of it, probably I'd say 70% of it or so, in this room with Connie and the three kids. And we actually have a follower, Craig, who like uh, messaged us and was like, I don't know, I thought it was really annoying that there were so many kids. I said, listen, Kim Kardashian is interviewed all of the time. When do we ever get to see her being interviewed while simultaneously interacting with her kids and Kanye and watching the kids interact with Kanye? And that's what's so amazing about it is that (laughs) – when kids are that young, you can't teach them like, okay, stay quiet, answer these questions, and speak at these times. Like it was so raw and so natural. Them sitting in their master bedroom, like first of all, you know what I was shocked about? What I was shocked the kids were allowed to eat in the bed. Julie, I can't believe we didn't talk about that earlier. Me too. When I saw Saint with a bowl of Cheerios in his hand, because let me tell you something, my house is probably one one hundredth of what that house is, and my parents would not let me eat in their bed. Do you think, though, that there's a chance that it was solely because he knew that she knew that that would, like, keep him calm for the interview? Uh, possibly, but it was, like— it, it was so natural that maybe not. Uh, yeah, it was so natural. They were, like—first like, like first of all, I feel like if it was something that she was really, like, cognizant of, like, usually, that, like, when Saints throwing the bowl around and holding his hands, like, she would have been so, like, on edge about him possibly spilling it. It was, like, they couldn't have cared less it was on yeah. the bed. The toys were on the bed, which I was shocked about. Like, it was—that's what I'm saying, like— it was so raw and so real. And like, that's what their house is like. Like the kids are allowed to eat. I was so shocked by that. I know, I know. Um, one of the interesting points was when, you know, like they were asked, she was, a, they were saying uh, about Kanye, what has, what have you taught Kanye? And she was like, yeah, I try to help him with financial advice. And he's like, you tell me, but I don't listen. <laughs> he's like, you give me the advice, but I don't take he's, it. His little answers were so him and so funny. And like, first of all, I could have watched him playing with Chicago in the background and forgetting that he was on camera all day because he he really did. Like when he was playing with her and, and he, she's like sticking his finger in there, like she's holding in the throw in the back. Like it was so real. And he they like would ask him a question. And he was like, wait, what? Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, he was so, it's like, how do you, that, that's the thing that's so cool about this. It's like he, like how famous and wealthy do you have to be to forget that Vogue 73 questions is being recorded? Because you're like playing it's with your It's not daughter. famous and wealthy. It's how Kanye do you have to be yeah, to forget that Vogue is that's, in your that's, house. That's, that's how unfazed, I guess it right. is. It's like how unfazed. Um, she spoke about how Kanye really taught her her confidence and, and that. Also, there was a point in it where 
So Satan like literally just wanted to go to the playroom. It's all he wanted. And she kept having to be like, baby, just one second, one second. Like try to like, was trying to answer the questions, but also keep the baby calm and everything. And finally he wanted Sprite. And she's just like, okay, North, like take your brother, get Sprite, get Sprite. And then, and then she throws him like, just this one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so funny. Like she, like she was like, oh fuck, I'm gonna get so much shit for getting him soda. Oh, but one time, like it was such quick thinking too. It was like one time, this is your only time getting soda. It was so funny. And I always, do you, I always wonder this. I don't know. Like does Vogue allow for reshoots? Or do you think that that was I, the first take? I don't know because when I did my 73 <laughs> questions, it was like— No, but what do you think? I, I don't know. I have no idea. I think that probably no unless there's something they really want to cut out because it's so natural with the flow that I think it would like mess things up to reshoot that it. That wasn't edited. Like there was no—there were no cutouts No, it's a continuous one. shot exactly, that's like throughout shot. the whole thing. So I think—and I think that's the beauty of the 73 questions and why it's done so well is because it's just a continuous thing. Um, but I imagine, imagine that if Kim had said something, it was like, can we please redo that? They would have yeah, no, of figured course. it out. Of course. Um, other points on the kids, which is how she was saying that, that uh, <laughs> North is it's excited for the baby because she wants to play with Chicago. Chicago. Like, because what's so funny about that is because Chicago and Saint are like Saint's obsessed with Chicago. So North is just hoping that Saint will have another baby to play with because she wants to play, to play with, with Chicago. Chicago. And then she was saying she's like, and Saint wants to name little Sainty. The Sainty too. <laughs> I don't like I love when she was talking about North's name and said that Anna Wintour gave her like the seal of approval on her name. And that like that is such a cool thing. It is such a cool thing. I mean, imagine when I mean North clearly doesn't recognize the magnitude of that, but in like a couple of years, maybe ten, when she's like, by the way, like we were leaning towards Northwest and then Anna Wintour was like, Yeah, that's a great name. Like, that's fucking cool. Right. That is cool. It, it's epic. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so then they leave the kids and they're kind of like walking through the rest of the house. And again, I'm listening to her, but I'm more so just focusing on the house because right. I wanted to just see every inch of that. The things that I would do for a full tour. Oh my God. I, like my no, body I shakes thinking about it. Anyway, they're walking through. She takes him to the unbleached Steinway piano where he's like, what is this? And it was like this court. You've never seen unbleached Steinway. Never. Right? Like everybody, I mean, everybody. I mean, Everyone un- bleaches their Steinway. Everybody, <laughs> I meant stain, sorry. Unstained. Every, unstained. Everybody stains the Steinway. Like that was, I was like, wow, look at this. Um, you know, so, all that. Anyway, and then they fa- they're in this one room and they FaceTime Chris, which people were like, so, we got a lot of people saying that was so cringeworthy. It was great. It was a little, it was it a was, little cringy, but it was fine. It, it was, was like fine. cute. They needed another element after they walked away from the kids. Like that's what I really like when they do in the seventy three questions. When it's like there's a, just a little something because that's the thing. No one wants to hear you answer seventy three questions without any sort of like gimmick. Yeah, like it was just cute. Like well, let her. It, Chris is like, wait, you didn't include me. Like it was just like their dynamic. No, it was. It was great. Um, I think also one of my favorite lines was when she he said, "When was the last time that you felt honored?" I think that was the word. Yeah, and she says. Every single day with the way that Kanye is with me. That I was love special. That. that was a really special answer. Didn't you feel that way? Yes, I did. Um, I also thought a point that we, you know, should talk about is when she, he said, Whose whose uh career were you most inspired by? And she said, My mom's. And she was like, at 50, she was really wondering how she's gonna make ends meet. And she built this entire empire post 50. And we forget about that. We forget about the pre-Kardashian empire, Chris Jenner. And it's really true. Listen, I'm not saying they were ever struggling. I'm not saying they were ever whatever. They grew up in Calabasas. Clearly, they have so much more than so many people. However, the scale of what they were to what they are now, it's like Chris Rock's famous joke of if Bill Gates woke up with Oprah's money. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, yes, both are in levels that most can't even imagine, but the the magnitude, the, the difference the is difference. insane. And I'll tell you that, you know, you're right. They— I don't know if they were ever particularly struggling. Bec- and, and yeah, they were privileged. They live in Calabasas. 
But I'll tell you, when you have six kids to take care of, that's a, like, you can have a lot of money, but that costs a lot, lot of, of money. money. A lot of money. And I'll tell you, that was the part that everyone called bullshit out on in Caitlin's tell-all when she said that she didn't get to see the finances and that Chris was controlling everything and that they had money that Chris was keeping from, from Bruce at the time. And the kids came out and said, this is bullshit. My mom had to borrow money from Courtney at one point because she was kind of struggling. Yeah. No, so, so, so true. We forget about that because, one, we know how wealthy they are. And quite frankly, they throw it in our faces. And I'm not saying that negatively. I know a lot of people have, take a lot of offense to the fact like when when you know Kim, when Chris has the richest fuck way art and stuff, it doesn't bother me. I think that it actually entertains me more. But I can understand why some people would be offended by their really um, blunt display of wealth. So we forget. And like, it wasn't always like this. So that was just such an interesting thing because Chris Jenner did not have any formal training to do. It's not like you can go to school for empire building. Right. Like you can go to school for business, you can go to school for this. You can't go to school for this. This although, is something. This is some Chris shit. should try and make a school for that because no, if she could teach that, there'd be empires going up left and right. It's unbelievable. Also, one thing I forgot to touch on when we were talking about the Kanye part is when he asks when the guy's like, "When did you know Kim was the one?" And he's like, "When I saw that first paparazzi picture with her and Paris Hilton." That answer has never changed, and that's what I love. Remember, he he famously asked one of his friends, was like, you know Kim Kardashian? Yeah, so funny. Oh, my God. That's what I love about Kanye, though. Like, when you look at this story of, like, the way they've progressed, like, that picture was 2004. He spent years and years trying to get Kim from that one picture, and then they became friends. And then, like, like his devotion, no matter who was with, never changed. Ever. Like, there's a line in— um, knock you down which is like a song from like 2009 whatever and i i didn't realize i was like looking about this the other day and and there's a line it's like i was the class clown that always kept you laughing but like you were the cheerleader like dating the head of the football team and like that was about kim when she was with reggie bush like they weren't together they weren't even really friends at that point he just and knew he wrote a song about her he just knew he knew. We, Are you so, crying? <laughs> it's like, it's very inspiring. It really is. Right. It's, it's beautiful. I think people forget about that part of their story. And like when, when people ask her like, why are you so devoted to him despite, the, it's like because of that, because he literally spent his entire life not like being pushy, waiting for her. Like he would have, and I th- I truly, truly believe that he would have continued to wait for her. No, I do. I think so too. I know people are, are going to disagree with us saying that, but I, that's how I feel. I mean, it's just an opinion. I, I think that's how she feels. And I think it's like, yeah, just because, and I understand that, like what people would disagree with, like just because somebody's, you know, devoted to you and, and loves you doesn't mean you owe that to them. But I think that when you can see how much someone loves you and you love them back, it just, it, it amplifies that. And it, and it makes you want to like say like, okay, they did this for me. Like, I'm going to stick by them. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like on a very basic level, right? Like they have had to deal with a lot of shit in the sense of like they're the probably one of the most famous couples in the world, right? They have to deal with Kanye's, you know, mental health struggles and and all the headlines and all this stuff. But I don't think ever once Kim worries about like, is he cheating on me? No. And, that, and I know, I know that she shouldn't have to. Obviously, like no, no one, like that shouldn't be like, he shouldn't be getting points for that. But I'm saying in this, in the landscape that they are in, it's so common with so many headlines. Well, especially you with, never hear a headline about Kanye cheating. Especially with, and there's, there's two reasons that I think that like what you're saying isn't so invalid to say like, it's crazy that you never hear that. It's because A, with, with what they um, have grown up in and the cheating that has been in their family, that you could understand how Kim would have, not based on Kanye's action, just based on what she grew up around. Like, 
Chris cheated on Robert Kardashian. Chloe and her everything. Like Scott cheated on Courtney multiple times. Like you could understand that like it would be a, a sensitive area. And the reason that I'll tell you that that Kanye wouldn't cheat on her is because Kanye genuinely, genuinely believes that there is no up from Kim Kardashian. That is the highest a person can be. That's what he has always said about her. Like you, you have Kim Kardashian. He's like, I have Kim Kardashian. There's no one up from that. And that is what he, what Jay-Z needs a little more of. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. like, how the fuck does Kanye think that about Kim? And Jay-Z clearly didn't think that about Beyonce. Like, that I just think he, I think me. Jay-Z maybe recognizes it now. But I don't like, give a shit. How did you ever not? I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's, it's, you could argue with Jay-Z and Beyonce that, I mean, first of all, I'm not justifying it because I, I first of all, if Beyonce wanted to be in a relationship with me, I would cut everyone else out of I my know, life. I know, yeah. Like, I, I genuinely cannot understand how somebody would ever, ever, not just cheat on her, but like hurt her in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. She's the perfect person. But one could argue that like he may think that there's no up from Beyonce, but that their relationship had issues and that's why he went outside. Right, right, right. Uh, you could argue about right. it. Right. Yes, I agree with you. No, of course. But I think that's also— I like also, when you play devil's advocate, though. Yeah. It's fun. I think that's also such a Kanye mentality. Like, I'm Kanye West. I have to have the best girl, and that's Kim. Yeah, no. And once I have it, there's no reason for me to it's look It's almost like else. an incredibly narcissistic while simultaneously selfless approach. You yes. understand what I mean? I think it's that's like, a really good way to also describe it, it, Kanye. Yeah, it's so so true. Um yeah, I mean the the whole the whole we could talk about this for hours. I, mean, I wish we had more time. There's yeah. so there's so many things. There were, you know, just the house, her beauty. They asked her, um, they asked her like, what's her? How would she describe herself? And she's like, ah, I don't really like describing myself. And they're like, okay, well, what would people say to, say about you? And she's like, I guess smart, sweet, and kind. And he's like, would you agree with that? She's like, absolutely. Like, right? Of course I would because she is. She's all of those things. Right. Yeah. It's just, it was just, she was killing it. I have, I genuinely listen. And I know, and I hate when the people are so quick to say like, it was a little awkward. You try doing an 11 minute, quite 11 minute walking interview where you're walking back, where you're walking backwards so that you can be facing the camera and said, it's not solely on your ass while showing off your gorgeous house while having three kids and a husband on the bed looking stunning the entire time and sounding cohesive and not fucking up. You fucking try it and then tell me. Right. Like, I mean, listen, that's the, that's the thing that's kind of interesting about the Vogue 73 questions. I've never seen one where I've been like, oh, my God, that was so natural and amazing. And yeah. I think Kim is really as close as we've come. Like, for example, Haley's incredibly uncomfortable. Bella's. Tiff, Bella's uncomfortable. Tiffany Haddish did one, and I was like, this is going to be so funny and amazing. And, like, it wasn't. It was just a little uncomfortable. But like, everyone says, and we're not saying that in a critical way. Like, I, I think that that's a really hard thing to do. Yeah, it is. It is a very, very hard thing to do. And I think that something that— I said about this is that like I felt incredibly fulfilled by it like it had every component that I would have wanted to I saw her interact with the kids I saw the kids interact with Kanye I saw the house I saw her answer questions in, like a really great amazing way that we weren't used to I think and like I, I just I I literally loved every single second of it me too I loved it I've wa- we've watched it a million times I could watch it a million times over I wish we could do a voiceover of our thoughts while it was playing in the background which maybe we will do or something like it was so so good yeah um they ended it with the guy asking for Yeezys which was so funny I turned to Julie I was like that was you if you would be doing this like that was literally oh my god it, it was just really well done and again this is just our opinion I'm sure there are people that didn't like it but I we personally she gave us what we wanted yeah. and to this, we are so fucking grateful. So thank you, Vogue. Actually, what an excellent transition to our ad. Oh, my God. <laughs> as You're you know, all on the transitions today. I know. This wasn't intentional, but as I'm saying it, I realize how apropos this is. Um, so you guys know Vogue, Adam Wintour. 
Well, Adam Wintour actually bought Tiki's, our next sponsor, um, for all of the women at her daughter B. Schaefer's wedding, which is like, as I've said before, how fucking cool is that? Like, what more could you want than Adam Wintour to think your product is so exceptional that she is going to get it as as a gift for her daughter's wedding. So as you guys know, this is an excellent um, sandal brand. They have monogramming available, which is perfect for bridal parties or goodie bags or anything of the sort. Um, They have a nudes collection that was designed to match every skin tone. Again, it was founded by Carly and Jesse Burnett, which is a husband and wife duo. They came up with the idea when they were in St. Bart's and they go back every year with their two kids. Um, They just launched their vegan leather in the matte collection. Um, there are all these leather sandals handcrafted in Brazil. I'm sure you've seen them on Instagram. It's T-K-E-E-S. You've seen them on Beyonce, Angelina Jolie, Cindy Crawford, Seth Shep. Um, again, they have the monogramming, which is amazing. They, you know, Julie and I love these. They're so easy. They're so easy to pack. I say that all the time, but it's so, so true. You literally, they're so small that you can fit like five pairs of what you could normally fit two pairs of sandals. And if you're indecisive like me, it's ideal. Um, and again, the monogramming is free. So it's T-K-E-E-S, and our listeners get 15% off with the code CBC. I know a lot of you guys inboxed us about what that code was. So it's code CBC. You go to T-K-E-E-S.com slash CBC to check out the pairs that they have. Again, that's T-K-E-E-S.com slash CBC to check out the pairs that they have. Um, it's a really good brand. You guys should definitely check it out if you're into this type of stuff. But anyway, this was unbelievable. We we're so happy and we loved the response that you guys were giving us because again, it's like, we feel so lucky. It's always funny when we get DMs or emails saying like, you know, I feel like I'm talking to my best friends about this. Like, no, no one in my life understands that I can finally have a place. It's like, that's how we feel. Right. These are the conversations that we have anyway. So to be able to have them with this audience of people who want to talk about it and want to create a conversation about it is so fulfilling for us. So thank you guys for just being as invested as we are, I guess. Couldn't have said it any better. Um, <laughs> um, tomorrow on our regular episode, we're going to do the whole recap. Don't worry. We'll talk about True's birthday party, which was uh, some shit. And it was good. Yeah. There's a lot to talk about, which we'll get into all that tomorrow. But we really wanted to dedicate this one episode to just this and um yeah that's all for today we love you guys remember comments by celebs pod at gmail.com and we will put the voicemail number in the description again you can get this on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify stitcher wherever you get your podcasts and we'll see you tomorrow and then next week so i'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life like Generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract, and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like You shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.